All right, everybody, welcome back. This is Will, and I'll be your host for the show, and this is The Roost Report. So we're back in the Bay Area after a couple weeks off on the West Coast, and this track was probably one of the most difficult tracks I've seen this year. So one of the reasons why I thought this was one of the most difficult tracks up to this point was due to the whoop sections. Now, the whoop sections were big and pretty decently long, and we also had the dragons back in there. Now, this is good for separation. It gives the faster riders a chance to break away and the slower riders a chance to find different lines to keep that momentum up to keep up with the front guys. Now, after this section, I think came the most technical part of the track, and that was the rhythm section leading into the finish line jump. Now, this was abundant of multiple things. It was a triple onto a tabletop with an on-off, and there was a quad in there if you could make it. And for for me, it looked like the 250 guys were going a little bit faster for some reason in there. Maybe the 450 just had a little bit too much power, and it was going to cause them to make a little bit more mistakes. So they took a little bit more of a conservative, conservative route versus the 250 guys having to go all out and maybe it's just the way that they have to generate speed out of that turn that it looked faster. But that's kind of how I took it from my viewing angle from the TV. But um, yeah, we'll just go with that. All right. Now, looking back at the 250 highlights here, the name of the game here for me is how to keep Jet behind you. And I think it's very simple, but can be really hard to execute. And that's just getting the start. Now, if you can get the start and pull away, now that's just maintaining that ground that you have ahead and going from there. So what I think is so hard for all these other guys to do and what Jet is really good at is when these guys do get out in front of him, it's adapting to the track and how it's changed. And we've seen in years past when Jet's not been able to do that. And I think that just comes with maturity over time. He's been able to run up front for a little bit now. And he kind of understands that pressure. He kind of understands a little bit more on how that track breaks down and how he's able to adapt to it. Now, going off of this, I think RJ did exactly what he was supposed to do, but I think what happened is when you're in the lead and you kind of have that momentum going for you, you want to push it a little bit more, but you want to keep it a little bit in line to where you can maintain your speed, not make any mistakes, and pull forward a little bit just enough to keep at those guys at bay, especially Jet. So my guess is that RJ has a not understood or hasn't come to terms with how to keep that mind at ease especially when he is running up front we know he can win and I think he definitely has the speed to win he trains hard enough to win so that's not a question I think it's a little bit more of a mental thing where he has to settle down his brain choose better lines because of the pressure coming behind you you need to be smart and execute all of those things in front of you i will say though going back to mcadoo and their little battle there i wasn't really sure how mcadoo was going to come in especially after that crash that he had uh, back in san diego i believe or anaheim i can't remember um and the aftermath of his arm was absolutely horrendous and so to understand that he can still compete at one of the most competitive levels and race some of the fastest guys in the world 
that shows a lot of speed and a lot of character. And, I mean, he is pulling the front for PC right now. He's probably one of the most healthiest guys out there that can win or has a chance to at least bring some sort of revenue to the team. Now, Jet, I think, plays everything really smart. And like I said, I think this just comes with that years of experience of being there, making dumb decisions in the past, and him learning from that. I think at this point, he knows that he doesn't need to always get the start, but he needs to be up in the top five, top four, just close enough to be in the hunt for the lead. And essentially from there, he goes and he plays, and he plays these guys enough to either making mistakes so he can get by early or he has better line choice. He's faster than the wolves, faster than the rhythm sections. Not always, but a lot of the times he can be, especially through the whoops. With McAdoo, he blew past him. And I think essentially what came down there is he was just better fitted for the whoops. McAdoo might be struggling there with his injury, and he was just there to capitalize. From this point on, Jet's kind of on a roll here, and he does get a gimme from RJ, and it takes off. And I think that's the most dangerous position that you can put him in because you're not going to get him unless he makes a mistake. And I think at this point in his career, unless he does get a really bad start and he gets flustered, it's really hard for him to make a mistake, and he's just going to leave you in the dust. But going further back in the pack here, I think the hardest charge that I saw this last weekend was Pierce Brown, local Utah guy. And the biggest thing I saw with him was he definitely had a lot of speed, but it was he was pushing so hard, he pushed himself into a lot of mistakes. Unfortunately, he went down with Cameron McAdoo, and he passed him to the whoops, and it looked like he had it. But Cameron came back and made a really smart block pass and held him high. Unfortunately, he went down and was able to remount, get Levi Kitchen again. But coming out into a straight uh, straightaway section, he went down again, just pushing the throttle too hard and wasn't able to hold it through. Now, despite all of this, I think we're seeing a brand new Pierce Brown. He is making a lot of improvements with all of his mistakes, and I think we've seen a more competitive Pierce Brown, which I've been hoping to see for the last little bit now, and I'm really excited that it's actually happening. Now, to wrap this race off, Jets way ahead, takes the win. Coming in second is RJ with a respectable second, and... Cameron McAdoo for third. Now, I think these guys know what they need to do in the next coming weeks when they are back on. We're back to East Coast next week. But when they have time to look back and what they can change, I think this is a vital time for them to see what they can do and make that dent in his lead and charge up to the front. Now, moving into the 450 class, I think the title race has been really close, and I think closest that it's been in a long time for this uh, amount of riders that have been involved, and it's really exciting to see these guys come out, and I think we can kind of all guess who's going to be top three. It's just where are they going to arrange in those positions. Now, we understand that there might be bad races here and there, but it's between Sexton, Webb, Tomac just arrange them however they do within the night now I think it's no surprise that Sexton gets a great start followed by Cooper and Tomac these guys have a really good knack of getting good starts within the top five now at this point Sexton's able to kind of ride his own race and check out a little bit not too far behind though was Tomac and then Cooper Webb but the action was behind them 
Now, I think Anderson got the start that he needed. He wasn't too far behind these guys, but I think his own mistakes led him to his result in the end. And that's kind of a bummer because I was kind of hoping for a rebound week from him. He does have the speed. He just needs to keep himself off the ground, especially with other people now that he's on suspension. So hoping for a better round next weekend. Now, aside from that, there was Barsha coming through the pack. And now Barsha is doing what Barsha does best, is kicking people off the track or taking them out one way or another. And the first victim on his list was Colton Nichols, at least from what we saw. And Colton Nichols, unfortunately, gets punted off the track, doesn't get hurt. He just took the line away and had to regroup and come up to the field. All right, so the next person on Barsha's list was AC, and this was a big bummer for me. I've been really rooting for AC to come out and have a good season, and good season to me is just him getting through the season without being hurt. Um, We all know that he hasn't really been able to make a season or a full season uh, since his 450 debut, and especially in Supercross, and I'm hoping he can uh, continue this good season so far but when ac went down we know that barsha likes to ride the line high and that's what happened with ac Uh, luckily it was a slower corner and if it was a higher corner i could see maybe some more damage to ac or possible injury so i'm glad that it was in a slower corner entering into the dragon's back And so glad that he's okay and glad that he was able to remount, but not to a point where he could fight back and be in a good position to come into the top 10. Okay, moving back to the front of the pack here. Now, Sexton's got a pretty commanding lead over Tomac, and it looks like Tomac is about to settle for second, and Sexton goes over the finish line jump and finds a way to crash. And he does it in the one way where nobody else is going to be able to replicate it. Okay, so it seems to me that Sexton is having that same type of year, maybe not with all the wins, but the same type of year that Anderson had last year, where he's up front and winning, and those crashes are not allowing him to progress more and more and more. And so um, with those crashes are going to really affect him. And when it comes down to the final points race, He's going to be looking back at those crashes, and it's going to be really affecting him in the long run. But that crash that he had was so insane. I don't understand how you can do that. It doesn't really make sense to me. It seems like his rim like warped or something. It didn't, but it looked like it. And he spun himself around and wasn't able to remount quickly enough because Tomac was eventually close enough to capitalize on his mistake and take over the lead. So now that Tomac's got the lead, the race isn't over just yet. It seems like Cooper Webb's got a charge, and maybe due to the fact that Chase crashed, it kind of rattled him a little bit. He lost his focus and allowed Cooper Webb to come up front and pass him, and he comes up with this new line in that rhythm section after the whoops, and it seems like he's quadding into the rhythm section and able to find a different line that works for him. And he's able to kind of push forward and catch Tomac enough. And I would think if he had another 
lap and a half, he would have had him. Or not even that, a lap, he would have had him. This shows how much race IQ that Cooper Webb does have. Now, I don't believe that he is the fastest guy on the track at all times, but I believe he is able to take and create those lines that are able to allow him to be faster in those end laps. Now, Tomac did make a mistake on the last lap that allowed Cooper to be so effective in the last couple of moments in the race. And due to all this, I think because of maybe fatigue, the way that the track is breaking down, Cooper Webb is able to capitalize on those other guys' mistakes and come out to a point where he can be on top or very, very close. Now, the finishing order was Tomac first, Cooper Webb second, and following that was Chase Sexton third. Now, this leads us into Arlington, which I've seen the track so far, and it looks insane. Glad to see all the rhythm sections, the over and under, and even the whoop section there. It's going to be a really exciting racetrack. But coming into this race with the points so close, it's going to be really interesting how this plays out. Now, to end off this episode with a little bit of rumor here, there is speculation on Tomac and his future in racing. Haven't heard too much of what it actually is. It seems like he might be enjoying this season a lot more than he has in the past, and he might stick around for a little bit longer, but time will tell. But that's all we got for the Risk Report show. Thank you so much for listening. This has been so much fun going through the races week in and week out and pointing out certain things that I think are interesting or if I disagree or whatever the case is. I love talking about moto. It's one of the most favorite things I look forward to every weekend. And so please join me next time as we go to Arlington. And from there, we'll see you next time.